everyone and welcome to another special edition to the Back Yourself Show, where we give you some of the best tips from the show so far in one bite-sized episode. This week we're focusing on what you can do as a founder to make your startup or small business stand out. Firstly, never forget that you're your own startup salesperson, the captain of the ship sailing for success. But so are all the other founders. So how do you stand out? When Craig Fenton, Director of Strategy and Operations at Google, joined us on the show, he told us how you can really grab people's attention. I just love working with founders who have very disruptive ideas, who are sort of thinking fresh uh, about a, an unmet need or a poorly met need and are, uh, are out to sort of disrupt in a, in a constructive and positive sense. And so you can stand out as a founder, but your business and product needs to do as well. Luckily, Hannah Ridgewell, investment principal at Channel 4 Ventures, is here to tell you what your business needs to do to land itself in a spot in front of 50 million viewers. A company that's really thought about brands, I think generally gets us really excited. I think there are just some companies where you like go onto their website and like, you're just excited to be on there. Like, they've really thought about the look and feel of the brand, the logo, the, the tone of voice with which they write. Um, anything sort of distinctive, unusual sort of modern there gets us really excited because it's not necessarily given that like most companies have that. Um, so that's definitely number one, because you know, if brand resonates with us, like we think it was going to resonate with the UK as a whole and do really well on TV. On the show, we speak to a lot of tech founders about how robots are going to take over the world. But jokes aside, something that really matters is showing that your business isn't going to be made obsolete in a few years by new tech. When Emma Davison, director of Staudi Capital, joined us on the show, she emphasised just how important this is. In terms of setting ourselves apart, I think this is the crazy thing. You, in the financial services sector, as long as you can ensure that you are differentiating yourself from a robot, from what a robot can do or from what a machine can do, I think you have longevity. I think you have the ability to stay I love game. that statement. I love that. I mean, because we're in a, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the tech world, right? And uh, the startup space and like everything's like tech, 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 tech. Yeah. But like if you, I love that, you know, but if you have something else, if you have an incremental value, which is that you can add to it, which isn't just technology, sure. then you you provide some longevity. I love that. That's a really great and controversial statement, but yeah. I believe it. Oh, well, I, and I, and you know, I, I knew you would. And, and I think we shouldn't be afraid of technology. We shouldn't be afraid of things that are going to automate and make our lives easier. We just have to keep thinking out of the box. Like, how can I add value um, and I think as long as you've got an idea or a role that is adding value and that cannot be replicated by machines, I think I think you should be okay. I love that. Lastly, we've got a great tip for any small businesses wanting to make a name for themselves. When Rebecca Saunders, the founder of Seacology, joined us on the show, she shared how her startup enables brands to stand out through coaching and innovative marketing. Let's hear what she had to say. I think many of them start off, they think, well, we're going to be a D2C brand. We've seen, you know, that's where the money is. That's where the growth is. We're going to sell D2C. And then they, so they create this amazing Cheerio candle or other product and, and start selling it. And often they hit a bit of a plateau. So they might have a great product. They might have great packaging. They might have a reasonably engaged social media audience, but they start to find that the economics of selling D2C 
are maybe a little bit more challenging than they expected. They don't really want to pour too much money into Facebook and Google. They don't necessarily have the capacity to do PR. And so they start thinking about other channels of distribution. And where I see Seacology coming in is a, a new part of the ecosystem that really champions those independent brands and gets them to the next stage. And well over half of the brands that I work with have never been in physical retail before. So there are actually quite a lot of practical things that I can help them with, um, whether that's from barcodes and packaging um, to what should their pricing really be to accommodate a, a retail markup. Um, and therefore can help them understand what that landscape looks like. And it may be for some of our brands that they sell direct and they sell via Seacology and that's that's enough for them. And it may be for others that Seacology is a bit of a stepping stone and they can use what they've learned with us to then go and approach other retailers with some more proof points around their sales and their performance that will help them get their foot through the door. That's it for today. All the episodes mentioned will be linked down below and don't forget to check out Series 4 for new tips and amazing advice.